0: Good afternoon. This is Dr. John Hunt for Let's Talk Animals and Aardbark to Zebras. This is our once a month show. That is uh, every fourth Thursday at four o'clock. Eventually, we're going to come back to a live program with call-in, but we're still in our uh, pandemic mode. So we're going to be taping. So this is a tape show. Unfortunately, you can't, can't call in. Today, a very special guest, Bud Picone. He is uh, the managing editor of the AKC, this American Kennel Club Gazette, and he also has a podcast he'll share with us. And we're going to talk about the ACE Awards. Uh, fascinating! Uh, it's just amazing things our dogs do, and I think uh, AKC is is uh, with these awards is recognizing what our dogs do uh, for us and our society. So, good morning, Bud. How are you? Just
1: fine, Dr. John uh you're not the night tripper Dr. John no no you're not just the, no. the old regular Dr. John but it's it's good to be with you anyway <laughs> good to be with you too
0: <laughs> so as I ask all my uh guests how bud how did you get here from there
1: well I came to the AKC in gee I hate to even use the date nineteen ninety eight <laughs> you know when you you're giving Oh, no. Your bio, and you start with the words 19. Everybody knows how how long you've been around, you know. <laughs> uh, but I came here as a young, idealistic uh, freelance editor. I came to work on the AKC's uh, big reference book, the Complete Dog Book. And if you love dogs, you know the AKC Complete Dog Book. We've sold about a million of these things over the years, probably a lot more now. It's in every library.
0: Oh, you're famous for that.
1: Yeah, it's a great book. And I was honored. I knew nothing about it and I knew really little about the American calendar. At the time. But I worked on this book. It's a big fat reference book about a thousand pages long and I read it once twice, five times ten times. I read this book from cover to cover working doing editorial work on it and that was a boot camp for me. It became like AKC boot camp. I, I got to know the breeds and what the organization does. Uh, at the end of at the freelance service they had a job opening up in the uh, publications department. I went to work for the AKC as the uh, the copy chief, the, the the head copy editor, and um, that was supposed to be uh, a couple of years until I could figure out my next move. And now it's uh, 2021, and I'm the managing editor of the publication. I host the podcast. I do a lot of other uh, outreach kind of things. When uh, w- and the akc is trying to communicate something they'll ask me to come out and speak about it um and we have plenty of platforms for that we have the podcast we have akc tv a whole tv station we have uh, the, the massive akc website on and on and on they keep me very busy in the published publishing and communications realm
0: are you involved with the uh with the computer the website and stuff
1: well, the uh, AKC Gazette will parcel out their stories to the website, of course. You know, we'll take, pull uh, stories out of it and put them on the website. And uh, yeah, I mean, the website is massive. Yeah, I've yeah, got, I'm, is. All over, I'm all over that website, but it's a drop in the bucket compared to the overall size of that uh, uh, website, which is, you know, trying to be all things dog to all people. Right. People who train for competitive events or uh, a, a hapless owner who happens to have a dog who just will to stop barking, you know all of those <laughs> yep. all of those uh, what should I do kind of questions. everything is, is available on the AKC website, including the history of the organization.
0: Now the Gazette is that still a paper? Is that mailed or is it all?
1: No, published? no we were in paper from 1889 to 2011. And now we've switched over to, um, an all digital format, a downloadable self contained, uh, magazine that you could read on any device. So you pay, you pay, uh, you pay nothing. AKC Gazette is free to anyone who wants it. Oh really? Even if you're not a member? Uh, Yeah, there is no membership. All you have to do is subscribe to it for free. Okay. We'll send you an email every month with, with your new issue in it. You download it or you read it on the viewing platform. Um, We have uh, on AKC.org, there is a landing page for the Gazette that has 120 back issues that you can uh, just dive into, download them as you wish, read them as you wish. The AKC Gazette is really supported by uh, sponsorship and advertising. We're lucky enough to have Purina on board and uh, Geico Insurance on board. So that pays the bills. We keep the cost down because it's digital, no printing, no mailing, you know. Yeah. And we can afford to give the product away to whoever wants it really? just at the push of a button. I'll you don't I'll... even have to subscribe. You just go to the, you just Google Lake AC Gazette. It's the first result. Push it and you're on your way.
0: Wow. That's yeah. awesome. I, I, don't think, I don't think anyone, about a lot of people don't know that. That's very good.
1: That's why I'm here, John.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. You will, you're getting into down east now. You're, gonna, you're spreading your your voice into down east uh, so how does the akc support itself strictly by sponsorship
1: no the ak out? the american kennel club generally is uh, the sanctioning and regulatory body of the sport of dogs that's the core mission of the american kennel club it sanctions and regulates dog sports of all kinds in the united states the nba is the basketball what major league baseball is the baseball nfl to football That's what the AKC is to uh, dog sports in the United States. AKC also has the uh, responsibility of maintaining the national stud book. It's a private organization, but we have the uh, responsibility of maintaining a vast stud book that covers. Oh, god, 197 different breeds at this point.
0: That was one of the original things they were doing too, right?
1: That's the first thing. That's the first thing. That's the core of of AKC is maintaining the integrity of that stud book that breeders can use as a guide to uh, further their breeds and their breeding lines. Yeah, that's the integrity of the organization is right there. That's the football. Yeah. You know, that's what we fall on to protect is the integrity of that stud book. From that, all of our authority comes in, in, ver- in all various other ways that uh, uh, the, uh, the dog world needs a central authority.
0: So is it, so I guess I'm just trying to get a bead on, is it voluntary that this organization, the, uh, the AKC or?
1: Yeah. Well, the American Kennel Club is, it advertises itself as a club of clubs. Well, you can't have a membership in the American Kennel Club, nor can I. Right. But you can belong to a dog club that is a member of the American.
0: Okay. Club. That's how it started back in Philadelphia.
1: That way back when, yeah, okay. back in the 1880s, club and of club. it's still that way today. It's still that way. There are no individual members of the American Council.
0: Club. So the poodle, the poodle club breed club, will join the AKC.
1: Poodle, uh, right? There is a national poodle club. Now this is all happening, kind of under the radar for most people. They don't realize all this is, you know, like the yeah. average civilian doesn't understand that there is the sub world. Yeah of serious dog hobbyists who belong to these clubs. So, right, the Poodle Club has a a big membership. Of course, it's a very popular breed and one of the AKC's most popular breeds for a hundred years or more. So it has a large membership and they maintain the breed in the United States under AKC Austin, this big national Poodle. So
0: the AKC is kind of a quality control. For, for the poodle in terms of the stud
1: book, right? We have to maintain that those that those pedigrees that these poodle breeders are using to plan their breeding lines is intact and has integrity. Yes, absolutely. And that's one of the things that the Poodle Club is paying its dues to ensure. You know, they, they pay us to do that for them, to right. maintain these uh, pedigrees and to distribute it to them when they need them. Um, There are other poodle clubs in the United States too, because it is said there are local poodle clubs, right? uh, all over the place. The local ones join the local ones
0: can't join AKC. They have to. Oh, they
1: can. Oh, yes, yes. Those local poodle clubs are part of the AKC too. But the ultimate authority on the poodle is going to be that big national club. A lot of the people who are members of that local poodle club will also be members of the big national. Oh, okay, okay. You know, wow. and, and and the National Club for all 197 breeds maintains a written document called the Breed Standard. And that's that written document describes the ideal dog of each AKC breed, both physically and temperamentally. Uh, the temperament is of at least equal importance to the physical makeup. Right. Of it. right. And a lot of civilians don't quite get that when they're watching a dog show, you know, the old-fashioned dog show of dogs being baited around in a ring and right, a standing there. On TV, the AKC. Yeah, right, right. You see, you see Westminster Kennel Club. Westminster Kennel Club every February, not this February, of course, for COVID-related reasons, and AKC National Championship and some of the other big, big. Uh, there's the the uh, Philadelphia Kennel Club that does a show every Thanksgiving morning right before the, uh, right after the parade. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, all of those clubs are, uh, you know, confirmation dogs, what we call confirmation dog show, that idea of trotting dogs around a ring. Right. Um, That is exhibition of breeding stock. People call it a beauty contest. You see people sneering at it saying, Oh, it's just a beauty contest. It's just, you know, the foofy poodle being, clipped yeah. in these wacky coats and it's all kind of silly, but really at its core, it's an exhibition of breeding stock. A dog show is a place where dog breeders can bring their best and get a professional evaluation from a judge. And it's also a place where breeders can get together and look over each other's work Right. and say, Oh, if I had that, what your dog has in my line it may be a neck, you know. It may be anything. It may be a, a temperamental trait. Yeah. If I can get that what you have in your line into my line, I'd have a better line. So let's get together, and breed our dog, to yeah. one to one to the other, and you know. And that's basically the the essence of a dog show. It's an exhibition of breeding stock for the purposes of Affecting future breedings, and for getting a professional evaluation from a judge, it's really no—you know—you go to the county fair, you see the, the the prize hog or the prize cow with the blue yeah. ribbon on the on on the fence as you walk past. Yeah. It's basically that. Yeah, you know, it's it's animal husbandry. It's just that the dog show evolved in such a way where it became a show. Yeah. Yeah. It moves. There are professional handlers who are moving the dogs around. And once you start moving the animals around a ring instead of a cow just sitting there chewing grass, now it's a show.
0: And people want to come see it, not only because they like it, but because they may have a dog themselves, a particular breed, that wants to see a conformation.
1: Right. And, and just for the fun of it, really. You're walking through the you're walking through the park on a summer day and there's a dog show going on. You, you wander onto the grounds. It's free. You don't have to pay admission to just to walk on and watch. Right. It's a cheap date. It's a cheap day out for the kids for, you know, we uh, divorced fathers who have their kids on Saturday is a big part of our audience. You know, yeah. looking for something fun to do in the neighborhood, in, yeah. in the area. And um, it's fun. It's fun to watch because the dogs are moving. And there's a competition between the handlers. The handlers all know the tricks of the trade. They know how to show off their dog to the best yeah, advantage. Right. And it becomes a little game of cat and mouse. The judge also knows all the tricks of the trade. And it's trying to see through the tricks of the trade. <laughs> because the judge probably made up a few of the tricks of the trade. Because the judges <laughs> usually come from the ranks of professional handlers and, and, and hobby breeders themselves. So it now it is a show. Now it's not just a, a sheep or a pig. Or a cow standing there in a pen yeah. there's a drama to it there's a pageantry to it and that's all grown up around it so if you watch the westminster kennel club show in madison square garden it's a pageant you know there's a color guard comes out the national anthem celebrities are sitting ringside spotlights you know big booming announcer the westminster kennel club 145 years you know but at its essence when you strip away all the blitz in the show business it's an exhibition of breeding stock.
0: So when you have uh, at, a, at a confirmation show and you have two people say, okay, let's get together and breed because we like this. Where's, does the AKC get
1: involved with that? No, is, no, 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 no. The they just get the results, so to speak. That's right. Okay. Uh, the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the get from that breeding will be registered with the American kennel. Uh, okay. they, okay. they are duly noted in the stud book. Okay, the American Kennel Club does not affect readings and does not suggest breedings. It is like I said, it's the regulatory and sanctioning body. Okay. So it it it's it, tra- it, it licenses the judges, it maintains the bylaws and the and the rules for each event that it that it sponsors. It might settle disputes among people in the sport. Uh, it charts the future for the sport generally as a whole. But no, we don't. Get, no, AKC does not get involved in what one breeder wants to do to improve his line. That's that's their own business.
0: Does part of the stud information uh, include? It's, and this invariably happens genetic problems?
1: You know, oh, like, sure. That's the whole point of it. Is that you're breeding away from? It. So, so that's a, a roadmap. Not but only. Stud, I'm sorry. Stud, it's, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's a roadmap, not only to what you want to breed for, but what you want to breed away from. Okay, so you
0: you go to the stud book and you say, okay, I like this confirmation, but I see that they have uh, retinal degeneration as part of their. So you can say, okay, I don't want I don't want that. So right. So AKC I mean, is kind of showing all the blemishes as well.
1: And it doesn't really have to because people who are into this so deep know this stuff. Oh, okay, right. they know the lines. They know their breed. I mean, even a big breed like the Poodle, people know. People who have been in it a long time just know. And in the smaller breeds, breeds that maybe your listeners have never heard of, like uh, Andy Benmont Terrier, you know, or the Azawak, yeah. <laughs> the African Coursing Dog. Uh, the numbers are so small that these, pe- right, that these people know each other personally. All of them. Yeah. Everybody in the club knows everybody else, and they know what's in their, uh, their, their lines, what's in their breeding program. They call it a breeding program. Uh, you, you know, the people who are in this, again, this is happening beneath the surface of American society. People don't know, but in every state in the union and in Puerto Rico, there are these dog clubs. There are these very serious dog hobbyists yeah. for whom their dog is not just a pet, but it is also their hobby. It's also their avocation. And uh, these people police themselves pretty good. Good. Well, you mentioned- But when there is a dispute or something like that, yes, the American, they, they petition the American Kennel Club, settle the dispute. And that's when the American Kennel Club board of directors goes to work on.
0: It. Oh, good. Okay. So there's a, they're, they're, they're kind of a, that's the regulatory part.
1: Yes. And of course, these are living creatures. So nothing's perfect. Right, right. No matter your best efforts, nature will confound you.
0: Now, you mentioned uh, confirmation uh, events, but they're also obedience, agility, and rally
1: events. That's right. That's uh, right. Are
0: those, how are those involved with AKC?
1: Well, the American Count Club has a wide variety of events, what uh, dog sports. And um, there are three realms of competition. There is the confirmation show that we just talked about. Right. There are what we call performance events, and they're what we call companion events. Now, a performance event would be like field trials. The first thing the American Kennel Club did along with dog shows was hunting field trials. And we still do that to this day. Uh, Bird dogs, uh, duck duck hunting, we have events for that. Uh, (coughs) Excuse me, um, uh, raccoon hunting, coon dogs, coon hounds yeah again that's something that people know about in certain parts of the country but maybe up in maine i don't know if that's coon hunting country
0: i saw some tape pa- some of my, my my patients for coon uh-huh the Cat- and, and catahoula was got
1: popular up in maine right the catahoula leopard dog yeah. yeah yeah i mean up in uh, your neck of the woods up in maine new hampshire and uh and uh, vermont i think um sledding is very yes common. oh yeah i had a couple shows on sledding dog sledding yeah so,
0: so performance is, is just as important as confirmation in terms of your breeding. You want a beagle that's going to be a good, a good rabbit hunter.
1: That's right. That's and, right. Or, 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 or a retriever is going to go get those ducks all day long right. and so not these, get tired. So these events kind of show off that. Right. The performance events show off the traits that the particular breeds were bred to have so that they can do their job. In that way, it's the most um, exclusive of events. right? So, uh, a, a hunting field trial for for pointing dogs. Right, the pointing dogs are they they hunt upland game birds. They're not water dogs. They hunt right. quail, fe- uh, quail, pheasant, grouse, those tasty little game birds that uh, you check off on the wedding invitation. Yeah, I want you know I want the Danish, uh, the Cornish game hen. You know, that's
0: either fish sticks, chicken. Or, right.
1: <laughs> right. or a pheasant. <laughs> right. And if, if you check off the pheasant, chances are that the dog helped that, that hunter uh, track it down yeah. and, and flush it out of the brush so that the, the hunter can make a clean kill with a rifle. Mm-hmm. In the old days, it used to be nets before the invention of uh, the rifle. The yeah. Throw out a big net over the, the brush where the bird was uh, found by the uh, dog. Um, those are very exclusive. We don't. We wouldn't allow a dachshund, say, to do a a, a pointing dog field trial. Right, right. Well, you know, it's it's useless. It's pointless because the dachshund was not meant to ever do that. It's not physically equipped to do it, and it would make no sense. Right. We want to see if our pointing dogs can point. Point that dog. You know, find the bird, point it, present it, and flush it, so that the 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 hunter can then take off. And on and on throughout all of the various working uh, descriptions for our breeds. Right. We do have a, a an event for dachshunds. It's called earth dog where they burrow into the ground, into a tunnel to find a, a rat, which is, which is basically the dachshunds job description. I don't think many people know they're so ubiquitous and they've been a pet for so long. Yeah.
0: That's what they, and they're, they're and badgers. They would flush out that. A badger dog.
1: That's what it means in German. That's yeah. literally the translation of dachshund. And that's, quite you have to be quite courageous and you see you that have to be a tough <laughs> to the gun. They have sharp they have sharp teeth, teeth, teeth and they have sharp claws. Yeah. <laughs> and they're not little. And they got a per- personality to match. Right. Right. So we have a whole family of dogs that are were bred once upon a time to do that, to go down a burrow by themselves. You can't squeeze down the hole with the dog. So they have to be independent workers and kind of fearless. And they get down into that tunnel, into that burrow. And they and they do this work. Most of those dogs are from the British Isles, the terriers, right, Norwich right. Terrier, Norfolk Terrier, West Highland White Terrier, the Westie. We we know all those terriers, the Cairn Terrier, like Toto in The Wizard of Oz. Um, these were all bred to do that—to do to go down in that hole and get that rodent by him, by yourself. And that's why they bark. <laughs> People wonder why are these dogs are so yappy because when they go underground, they They're have signals. Yeah. They're marking where they are to the. to to the uh, hunter up above who cannot be down there with him. That's why the uh, the oxen has such a uh, a robust bark. And and these uh, terrier breeds also have these sharp chopping barks. Um,
0: Every every pet owner, dog owner should have a little pamphlet talking about the history of of that breed and how it developed because they would understand some
1: of their behaviors. That's exactly the gospel of this all, John, is know the history of your breed before you commit to it. Yeah, because No matter how expensive. cute that dog looks in the shelter, no matter how cute that puppy looks, and you want to go to that breeder and say, can I have a puppy just like that? First thing you want to do, read the history of the breed and what it was used for originally. And that gives you all sorts of clues as to the behavior of the dog. Yeah, uh, a, a border collie. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, border collie is a lot of fun. Do you have the energy to keep up with that dog? Yeah, I own the board. Keep and it mentally
0: challenged. I and had to do fresh? it every day. I had him work yeah. every day and he loved it. Right. But that dog was, that's
1: what he had to do. He, he right, to. right. Because that's a dog that's that's supposed to be moving, uh, you know, 500 head of sheep by himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so you have to know that before you get that dog. Otherwise, you're in for a lot of heartache. Yeah. And these dogs wind up in shelters simply because people don't do their homework beforehand. And it's It's a very sad thing. Even well-meaning people, they think this is going to be fun. They get a, a, you know, a puppy or they get a dog from a shelter and they're overwhelmed because they just didn't realize this is a dog with a tremendous uh, work drive.
0: Well, you have a, 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 your website has a little section on
1: selecting a dog and, uh, the AKC website, like I said, is a cornucopia of this stuff. Go to the, if you're thinking right now, if any listener within our, the sounds of our voice is thinking of, of taking in a dog, go to the AKC website, read about your breed. We've got 197, 198 breeds. And this is also true for mixed breeds. You can look, if you have any experience in dogs at all, you could look at a mixed breed dog and say, oh, that's a shepherd mix. Right. That's a, that's a, a, a Maltese lab mix. mix. That's a yeah. so lab mix is a very popular one. Right, you can tell. And if you can't, your veterinarian can, or the shelter worker can, or right. your your know-it-all friend who knows everything about dogs can. And you can that's kind right. of piece together the dog's yeah. uh, genetic background from just watching it and, and, and seeing it behave. And so the same thing holds true to mixed breeds. Find out what that, that breed is was bred to do and why it, and then you will find out why the dog behaves the way it does and once you find out why it behaves the way it does you can cope with the dog's behavior you can create situations for that dog to channel that behavior in creative ways beautiful yeah I'll
0: interrupt you for a second this we have to
1: uh tell
0: our listeners that this is w-e-r-u in orland maine this is Let's Talk Animals from Aardvarks Zebras, Dr. John Hunt, your host, and having a great conversation with Bud Pacone, who's the managing editor of the AKC Gazette, as a podcast. And we've been spending the first good section of this talk just about what AKC does and um, kind of advice to our public about how to better match yourself with, with
1: a pet. Right, John, before you get to your next question, yeah. I just want to complete the thought yeah. that we began uh, mm. before we uh, went to the station ID there. Yes, um, I said that we had three realms of, uh, of competitive events for dog owners. We, we talked about the confirmation dog show, the exhibition of breeding. Doc. We talked about those performance events where dogs are tested on their breed specific skills. The third realm in the AKC uh family would be called companion sports. Oh. You mentioned them. Agility. Um, Rallying, is that part of it? Rally is a, a, a competitive obedience training. Competitive obedience training is the first of the companion sports that the AKC offered. That goes back to 1936. Now these are breeds that are exactly the opposite of the performance events. Performance events are the most exclusive. The companion events are the most democratic. Any dog can do it. Purebred or mixed breed, any dog is welcome in an AKC companion event which tests not breed specific skills that only particular breeds can do, but skills that all dogs can be trained to do, you know, um, some, you know, uh, so obedience training. Again, whether you have that lovable mutt from the shelter or whether you have a, a pedigree purebred poodle with the with the full coat, uh, both of those dogs should be able to be trained for competitive obedience or agility, which is a, a an obstacle course. It has become popular on television too because it moves really fast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the agility course a dog running over a teeter totter through a tunnel over a, a, a jump and, and what it's it's a lot of fun to watch they and are. any yeah. any dog uh even the the least likely suspects we have basset hound agility handlers <laughs> yeah. you know I mean wolf, 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 wolf. <laughs> you know going that's through that's the stuff. weave poles but that's fine because they compete within their own breed. Yeah nobody expects a basset hound to be the number one agility dog in the country and these dogs are ranked and I mean, they're ranked like golfers and like tennis players are ranked, wow. but they're not ranked against the border collies and the uh, uh, the other herding dogs that seem to be the uh, the kings of agility. They're they're competing. Those owners are competing against other acid hound uh Handlers for, for bragging rights within the breed. Yeah, cool. So that when they have that big party at the end of the year and all the members come, <laughs> you know, yeah, my dog is the best basset uh, hound in the country for agility. Uh, and, and, and so on, you know, big, enormous dogs, great names, tiny little dogs, chihuahuas. Any dog should be able to be trained to do this. And that's the difference between a companion event and a performance event. One is very exclusive. The other is democratic. These companion events are growing by leaps and bounds. We have so many now events where dogs can be trained by their owners in order to win AKC titles and AKC awards. Uh, And in this age of COVID over the past 10 months, we've introduced a slew of virtual events. Oh, cool. So that people can train and actually win. You can win an AKC title in your living room your pajamas right now (laughs) if if you if if you got your dog trained to do the thing we have a a trick dog competition you teach your dog these tricks a series of tricks you know the simple the ones that you would train your dog you know give me your paw roll over all that kind of so the old fashioned tricks that it's always guaranteed to break the ice at parties you know (laughs) now you can get titles to that and you can do it at home train your dog at home You make a video of the dog, you upload it to the AKC, a judge on the other end watches the video and uh, you will or will not win your uh, title. And then you could work your way up the title uh, classes from novice all the way up to excellent. And this can all be done at home in your backyard or or in your basement, in your rumpus room, you know, wherever. Uh, And we have a few of these events now, and these were done uh, by expedience because There was a lockdown, but they've become so popular. I'm pretty sure they're going to be there long after uh, COVID is a bad memory. I think people uh, have really gotten used to this and it's really taken off. These are companion events. Any dog should be able to be trained to do these events. And there are really the, uh, although agility and obedience are the premier companion events that we have. We have dozens more and they all you can win titles and you your dog can be ranked. And and it's a great way to pass these long COVID days, you know, on on uh, to be able to do it uh, at home safely with you and your kid or you and your husband, wife. You know, it's it's just a nice way of, of keeping connected until everything kind of gets back to normal. So so those are our three uh, uh, event realms at the American Kennel Club uh sanctions and regulates, and I would say these sports are now rank in the dozen. So, so there should be something for every dog and every owner to do, to, to appeal to any uh, temperament or physical ability.
0: So the companion aspect, which I think is fantastic, that's gotten that's like a step away from the breeding part. Yeah, no, yeah. A they're not interested a- in, in improving... So no. this is kind of a, a branch off of AKC's original mission statement, which is fine. Right. I think it's great because right. it gives the because they, of dogs.
1: these three areas actually all tie in together. John, uh, your, if your dog is well bred, it's going to be seen in confirmation or dog shows, and if it is well trained, and you know, which is where the companion events come in. Right. Uh, you know we we uh, we uh, use the confirmation show to see what a dog looks like we use the performance events to see what a dog performs like to its breed specific uh, traits and we use companion events to preach the gospel of responsible dog ownership the titles the ribbons all that stuff is a lot of fun it's all jazzy and uh, you know it's it's competition and it's drama but really What those companion events like obedience agility and some of the others we'll talk about are about is creating a strong bond with your dog which leads to good training and good socialization which is very important to dogs and that all leads to a dog that is a good neighbor because he's bonded well with his owner and he's at peace with the world in which he lives and he can be a good neighbor a good member of the community not a nuisance not that dog who barks every time a, a butterfly you know goes past the house. Uh, a, a good neighbor. And when everybody has a good, well-behaved dog that they can take out in public without fear, all dog owners win. Yeah. A bad, snarly, nasty, crazy, nutty dog that was never trained and never socialized properly is a bad reflection on all dog owners. It makes it more difficult for that good dog owner next door to have their dog accepted out in public, you know? Yeah. So it really, the, the companion events are in a way the most important to the most people. Yeah. Because it, this all begins, all of it, the, the love of dogs, the doing stuff with dogs, the bonding, the human canine bond, it, it all has to begin with dogs that are well-trained, well-trained, and well-socialized, and then all good things are possible. That's the foundation. This the foundation. Be. Yeah, it's the foundation of, 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 of responsible dog ownership. And yeah. that's after the stud book, after the sanction and regulatory uh, duties that the American Kennel Club has, it's responsible dog ownership. That's the most important thing that we, that we push out there. When you're responsible with your dogs, all dog owners win.
0: This is a good segue to talk about the ACE Awards, which is a representation of dogs, how they contribute to society in an extraordinary way. Right. So why don't you, um, this is uh, WERU in Orland, Maine, 89.9. Let's Talk Animals from Aardvarks to Zebras, Dr. John Hunt a host and talking to Bud Bacone of the American Chemical Club. And we are getting into, um, an amazing, um, stories about accomplishments, the ACE awards. So Bud, I give it to you. Tell our listeners what it is and how it came about.
1: Well, the, uh, ACE program, which uh, I'll give the long name once. <laughs> it's okay. Like okay. AKC, the American Kennel Club Humane Fund Awards for Canine Excellence. Mercifully, we boiled that down for an acronym, ACE, A-C-E. And these awards celebrate dogs who have done something remarkable to benefit either their owner or the community at large and have done so over you know a period, and uh, they can be uh, dogs of one of five categories that we've set up. Now these hero dog awards have been around a long time, but back in 20, 2000, back in the year two thousand, when we started this program, there was a void there. There really weren't. There really wasn't a program like this. They've since multiplied, and and before. 2000 Going way back, uh, there were uh, these hero dog awards programs run by dog food companies or local uh, dog organizations. And in the year 2000, the AKC spotted a, a, a need for this. There was the hole there. These awards didn't exist. So we invented the, uh, the ACE program, came into being in 2000. We've given 105 of these awards since then. We give five awards a year in, in uh, one in each of five event, uh, excuse me, not event categories, but service categories. Uh, to run through them, we have an, uh, a uniform services canine award for police dogs and military dogs. We have a service dog award for certified service dogs. We have a therapy dog award for certified therapy dogs, a search and rescue dog award for certified search dogs, and that everybody's favorite category because you never know what you're going to get. The true box of chocolates category is exemplary companion. The dog is not certified at anything. It's just your pet. And somehow it's done something remarkably cool. And and we celebrate that. So those are the five uh, five categories. We get hundreds, sometimes thousands of nominations every year in each of these categories. the choices are excruciating because we can only pick five out of all of them.
0: So who's? Uh, how do you? How do you apply?
1: And uh, and who decides? So how, how would someone apply? Anybody can nominate a dog for an A. You don't have to own the dog. You don't have to be affiliated with the dog. You don't even have to have met the dog. Anybody can put in an application. You go to, I'm going to say this another dozen times before we're done. Go to AKC.org. ACE, just in the search engine, and it'll come up on the page. You yeah. know, everything there to make a nomination, you need all of the guidelines and stuff. The balloting uh, period is open right now, as we speak, up until uh, July 31st. Anytime between today and July 31st, you come or, you know, we use the, um, the people of the United States and all of the states as our eyes and ears for this program. We can't be everywhere. We can't see every dog. We can't hear of every dog. Uh, Local communities, local dog clubs or local individuals, just anybody who somebody who's reading their local newspaper or watching their local TV news and sees a, a report of a dog that has done something wonderful. They'll often, you know, there's this dog in my town. He did this great thing. You should check this out. It's really cool. You know, we get a lot of nominations like that. You know, the person's not really affiliated with the dog in any way the owner can nominate the dog of course but but anybody can uh, just this year um, uh, we have uh, a winner from Buxton yeah buxton maine right. yeah. yeah that was sent in by a mainer who just happened to know about this dog um, and you know that's happening in in uh, all the other 49 states too we're getting uh, we're getting nominations uh, how does
0: someone nominate?
1: Is it complicated to fill out a nomination form? Yeah, yeah. You but give you the to name. The, you to give the name of the dog, the the dog's owner. You write a little essay, of, a couple of paragraphs as to why you think this dog is right. is worthy of this, and uh, you know, fill out a little information. It's not much at all. It's a, it's a, it's a it's a nomination form. We'll take it from there. If the thing looks like it has promise, we're going to follow up on it okay you know and we'll fill in the details you don't have to be uh you don't have to be a great writer you know you shouldn't be intimidated by that right Uh, and if you have a link of a you saw the dog in a in a news story or on a youtube video or something provide the link and and we're going to check it out we have a, a committee of people here at the american kennel club i'm on that committee we Go through the after the nomination period is closed. We go through all the nominations. We weed out the obvious, um, uh, you know, non starters. Right. You know, we don't, we don't, for instance, um, we wouldn't give the dog to a, uh, we wouldn't give the award to a dog who's deceased, right? Because we want to be able to use this dog as a s- ambassador, yeah, during the year uh, to. Because these dogs are not just um, in it for themselves, the owners are not just in it for themselves. They are representing their entire field. In as you know, this is our poster dog for the the that search and rescue workers do all year long. Uh, it wouldn't help us if the, if the, we didn't have a dog to <laughs> in front of it put in front of the TV cameras and make available for press interviews and stuff like that, that we want these dogs to be uh, accessible and we want to be able to shoot video of them and, and and make a big deal out of them. have a dog that we can hang a medal around his neck because these things get really, these uh, ACEs get excellent play in local media. And that's really where we're at. We want people in small towns, big cities, rural areas to know that there's a dog, in their midst who's been honored and when we do that we open up the reader's eyes or the viewer's eyes to this whole movement that's going on that they were not aware of you know uh i didn't know that dogs did that you know, I didn't know dogs did do that that kind of thing yeah or i didn't know police dogs did this i thought they just chased bad guys i didn't know they also did this yeah. you know it. That's what we're trying to do. One little town, one little city at a time, all across America, get the word out that these dogs are working. There are great dogs doing unbelievable things right in your midst, and you might not really know it.
0: Uh-huh. Are most of the applications legitimate? Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Just, it hasn't gotten tarnished by crackpots. And-
1: no, I mean, there are always, in any awards program that you run, there's always going to be awards chases. Yeah. People who, uh, they're who seems like their hobby is to, to send an application and for every award program they see, right? Um, you know, but you can re- sort those out pretty quick, yeah. I mean, I remember when I was a kid and and uh, there were coupons, and there were you know, cut out five box tops and and send in for the uh, the Kellogg's Corn Flakes Award, you know, yeah. People That's would nice. do that like as a hobby. Yeah, you they can do. buy every cereal in the store and take it home and do it. You know, but you can you can you can uh, weed those out pretty quickly uh, with a practiced eye. I've been doing this for twenty years, and and a lot of those awards chasers, the same names come in every year. Oh, <laughs> oh this, really? This they don't guy again? You know, come on, hang it up. You know, <laughs> give it up. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of them, but it's, but you know, a lot of it is just kind of very well-meaning people too. Who? Yeah. who their dog is, is the greatest dog in the world to them. Right. And they write that in this essay. I know this dog has never done anything <laughs> worth mentioning, but God damn, I love this dog. <laughs> you know, I really love this dog. I love I those applications. You, those, those must be cool to have. They're, they're heartbreaking. Yeah, you know. I I they mean, are. And those are the ones that really get to you because yeah. he's, this person who sent in the application is right. This is the greatest dog in the world to you. Yeah, but it's you know we there are other dogs in that same category who are lighting up the scoreboard and you know checking every box and they're superstars you know oh, and you yeah. and you know that you, you obviously you can tell the difference. The thing is with these awards, except for that pet category, the other four uh, awards are all for certified dogs. Right. So you weed out any phoniness there. The dog is either certified by a responsible authority or it isn't. And that takes up, there's no guesswork involved.
0: So the uh, the uniformed service canine, this is a category where the dog is a full-time working canine. Right. Military, firefighting, or customs. Does that, does that sound about right?
1: Yes, and also local police, you know, police officers, uh, sheriff's departments, uh, state police. Even federal agencies, we've had some dogs who have been affiliated with federal law enforcement. Yeah.
0: Well, this year's winner, tell us about this year's winner, who it is, where they're from, and what they did to, to warrant this award.
1: Well, uh, this year, the 2020 Uniform Services Ace went to Stella. Stella is a bloodhound uh, who works out of the uh, Tallahassee Police Department. And uh, Stella has done... Uh, as <laughs> I was going to say, stellar work. You partner <laughs> Has done wonderful work. Uh, it's not. She has. She does the job that bloodhounds have traditionally always done. You know, when you watch the prison movie and the guys break out and uh, they're, they're running through the swamp and and they unleash the hounds and the Everything
0: after Paul Newman,
1: right? Right, or Paul Newman or <laughs> Paul Muni for that matter. Uh, and they the, the, the handlers come out with the hounds and, and, and they're uh, following the scent trail uh, as far as it takes These police bloodhounds still do that they do criminal apprehension and uh, Stella has an excellent record in criminal or suspect apprehension I think her record so far is a 12 mile track following microscopic scent particles over the course of 12 miles through swamp through underbrush over hills under uh, overpasses it's incredible these dogs are still i interviewed the uh the chief of the nypd canine unit many years ago right now he said uh he had two bloodhounds on the nypd forest and he said, still never developed a technology a man-made technology that's as good at this as a bloodhound and i've been keeping an eye on that for the for all the years i talked to him and they still haven't come up with it they still haven't come up with that machine that can do this as well as a bloodhound yeah um they're they're remarkable creatures that nose is a finely calibrated instrument that's carried by this big strong plotting body that can pull a grown man across a field. Yeah. Uh these these bloodhound handlers in these police departments are pretty sturdy guys. They have to be, because these dogs are very powerful and relentless. They will not stop until they find the end of the trail. Um, and Stella exemplifies that. And she's made a lot of busts of uh escapees and uh, criminal suspects. In one month, she found two different uh, assailants charged with double homicides. In just one month, in July, I think it was last year, a great police dog doing that traditional work. Now, uh, what sets Stella apart from a lot of the other entries, because they're all great dogs, is that Stella also worked on missing persons uh, as far as uh, people with Alzheimer's. People with um, other forms of dementia, Wand- they call them wanderers. Yeah. You know, they're they're either living uh, at home, the back. They're the living road. in a living in a, a nursing facility of some kind. Uh, you turn around for a minute to put the kettle on the on the stove, and you come back, and Grandpa's gone. Yeah, and nobody knows where he is, and he's just wandered off. This happens all the time. This is a, a thing that that that. Uh, more and more, as, I guess, as people are living longer and longer, this has become more and more of a problem. Yeah. So um, these police, um, the bloodhounds, are now being used to find these people. Now, a bloodhound, the nice thing about a bloodhound is, is that it's relentless, but when it gets to the end of the trail, it stops. It's not going to maul the person. It's not It's not what the job is. The job is just to get to the end of the trail and sit down and have his belly rubbed. So, you know, grandma is in no danger of this dog. That's not what a bloodhound does. Bloodhounds are the most docile, delightful creatures. They are, they're wonderful. Except when they're working. Right, right. <laughs> and then they, they have a mind of their own and they will not be stopped. So uh, a bloodhound is, a, you know, a wonderful dog for, for, for this kind of work. Not only is their nose great, but the temperament is good with You know, when you get to the end of the trail, it's over not an apprehension which is going to gently walk back to, to uh, walk back home with this right. confused person and take a nap at and take a nap and roll over and have and yeah and you know there's that old stereotype of the old hound dog lying on the porch snoozing all day yeah. Yeah. and people think these dogs are lazy they're not of course they're just conserving their energy for right. that 12 you- mile track that they might have to do later in the day and and um you know, Stella, like so many of these police dogs now, it used to be in the old days, John, where uh, you only saw a police dog when there was trouble. Right. Now a, a bad rap. The, the dogs got a bad rap. And, and you know, most of that was just the way they were deployed. Think of uh, those horrible uh films of civil rights workers with dogs being set upon them back in the 60s and the 50s and, uh there was a terrible uh, situation. Where it was the World Series of 1980, where the Philadelphia Police Department thought it would be a good idea to ring the infield with uh, police dogs? Yeah. So when the when the Phillies won, the fans wouldn't oh, jump it, up. Yeah, yes, yes. Remember that incident? Yeah. And you know, these are the things that really gave uh, the police dogs a bad rap. It wasn't so much the dogs, but it was the way they were being deployed by the humans. Yeah. Uh, Police departments since then have learned that lesson and are now putting their police dogs out into the community when they're not working. That's a good idea. And doing expos, doing uh, demonstrations, classroom demonstrations, taking the dogs into a class and saying, you know, we're running the dog through his uh, his bag of tricks for the for the kids, you know, and, and all that sort of stuff. A lot more public outreach with their canine units. Uh, it not only is good for the department uh, as a uh, as a public outreach but it's also remind citizens that these dogs do vital work because the first thing that usually gets cut when a police department is is, is working on their budget is the dogs canine. yeah, because they can't complain <laughs> because dogs don't complain you know so to get the police dogs out there and to remind the citizens of a town of a county or, uh, of a community that these dogs are here doing important work is uh is vital to their the, the canine core's existence stella is a great example of that she does a lot of work for alzheimer's research you know it's a real crowd pleaser she really attracts a crowd it's a great way at a at a fundraising event for stella to show up and and be the best friend of 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 people suffering from alzheimer's you know, this is Stella. This is the dog that finds you when you when you wander away. Everybody wants to pet Stella. Everybody wants to talk to Stella. And she's a great little fundraiser, not a little, she's a great fundraiser for, for Alzheimer's research. You put all that stuff together and she was a winner. Well, we got we're running out of time, believe it or not. So oh God, already?
0: Yeah, I'd like to get into the uh, therapy winner because this winner is from Buxton, Maine.
1: That's right. That's so right. we That's can
0: talk about, We got a, like about five or six minutes. So if we can at least uh, talk about her and then just quickly go over the, left, the last three, just so we know. So we only have about five minutes. So Buxton, Maine, winner, therapy dog.
1: That's right. That's Monson. Monson is a Dalmatian. She's owned by Melissa McWilliams a, 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 from Buxton, as you say. She's certified by Therapy Dogs International, which is a serious... Uh, one of the bigger and, and, and best respected therapy dog certification organizations, Monson is a super dog, a gorgeous Dalmatian, an AKC ring champion, uh, has has a, a dog show uh, championship. Oh. Also, um, uh, an ace in ace with a lowercase a this time in uh, agility and obedience. Uh, in rally, uh, those those events we talked about before, those companion events. He's, uh, Monson is, a, is an all-around superstar, and um, he works in nursing homes and everywhere, Uh-oh. bringing comfort, right, bringing comfort and, and uh, diversion and happiness to people in very bad situations, either in nursing homes, uh, she works I'm uh, uh, saying he, she meaning Melissa, the owner, but he, Monson, the dog, they work, they come into, um, uh, he's got the whole school system in Buxton covered.
0: Yeah, he's, he's part of the, I've heard he's, he's a member, he's listed as a staff member
1: of the high school. That's right.
0: That's how important he is.
1: That's right. And and he also does work in middle school, works in high school, and works at college. So he's, this is a dog that's uh, working his way through school, uh, <laughs> doing therapy work for stressed kids. Uh, around finals time they like to bring in therapy dogs and um also people with all sorts of unfortunate circumstances uh monson is a real superstar therapy dog he is beautiful and i know that sounds shallow but when you're in a nursing home or you're in a teen shelter and everything is gray and uh, gray and drab and boring and Boy, it's really nice to have a gorgeous Dalmatian come right up to you and, and lick your hand and put his head in your lap. It's a beautiful thing. Monson is a great dog. How about a service reward? Uh, Luke, the Lamb, service. Yeah, that is a, is a, is a wonderful story. That's uh, Ryan Garrison of Beaver Creek, Ohio, who was wounded terribly in the uh, wars. Uh, in, uh, he, he was in, um, I think it was Iraq. He was wounded in Iraq in an explosion, tore his back terribly, uh, discs, everything. He is a terrible dog in this a uh, terrible, terrible injury. Uh, Ryan uh, is a was an Air Force sergeant who, who was uh, injured in that way and needed a balanced dog because he just can't hold himself erect without leaning on something. And this is a, a, a type of service dog. You know, you think of guide dogs for the blind service dog you know but there are other all kinds of service dogs this one is a balanced dog you need know, a big strong dog like a laboratory retriever that a big strong man like ryan can lean on and take him around and um it's it's a remarkable thing we like the story because it points up the fact that more than ever before veterans are now using service dogs when they never use them before. That's awesome yeah this is the first wave of veterans that has ever had this that has ever had uh, this connection with service dogs, these uh, veterans from Afghanistan and Iraq. Uh, This has never happened before in the history of American warfare. We now have service dogs and veterans working very closely together to organizations all over the country. If you're a veteran or you know a veteran who you think might need a service dog, there's going to be an organization in your area that can maybe help you pair up with a service dog. The last two is
0: uh, search and rescue and uh, exempt exemplary
1: companions. That's right. That's the pet category. I'll take that one first. That's uh, Tara. Tara is a flat-coated retriever, very rare breed in this country. You don't see many of them, but there's a, they have a strong uh, vocal uh, community of people. And Tara was born with a birth defect, uh, a short arm with no paw. Wow. And yet, he, uh, and, and yet she uh, excels in the sport of dock diving, where the dog runs... A forty-foot dock and leaps high in the air and comes splashing down in a in a pool of water. A retriever is going to love that. Three legs or four legs. It's astounding that she can do it. You can go on YouTube and watch Tara work on three legs, uh, achieving these remarkable heights in the air before she splashes down. It's a great story. And who did we leave out? The search and rescue dog is I got uh, ten, ten seconds. Shiraz yeah. is a Belgian Malinois, and she is a historical. Search dog. She searches for remains of people that have been dead two, three hundred years. And she does a lot of work with uh, African American slave graves down south that were never marked, you know. And th- she can detect the remains of of, of people gone two, three hundred years. As we celebrate African American History Month, I think this is a good place to uh, to drop off there and know that this Belgian. Uh, herding dog Giraz is doing uh, a service of finding African American slave graves and and marking them so that they can be honored. Graves can be honored, and,
0: and you can uh, everyone can read more. Go on the AKC uh, ACE awards. So you can read more about these. But it's uh, unbelievable. Uh, hours gone. This is fabulous. I'd like to have
1: you on again anytime john we barely scratched the surface i'm telling you
0: uh we will do let's do it again you're wonderful to talk to you're a great guest thank you so much this is dr john John hunt for let's talk animals from to zebras and remember enjoy your pet and don't forget to give them a hug